The Secret Church Podcast is a resource from Radical.net. For The Secret Church 19 study guide and other resources that go along with this audio, visit Radical.net slash SC19. This is Secret Church 19, Episode 9. Last section, number 116, Hebrews 4, a call to draw near to God. Since we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let's hold fast our confession. We don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. We may say, receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What an invitation to prayer. We have a great high priest who has absolutely no sin like us, yet who is uniquely able to sympathize with us and with all our struggles. So we come before God in closeness with confidence. And we think about, think about what we receive from God, his mercy, his grace, and his help in everything we need. Therefore, Hebrews 7, draw near with confidence into the most holy place. We draw near to God in faith. In faith. Martin Lloyd-Jones, prayer in many ways is the supreme expression of our faith in God. We come before God with sincere desire, confident assurance, cleansed hearts, purified bodies. We hold fast to God in hope. We may, may not be able to see him, yet we know our reward is found in him. Hebrews 11:6. whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. Draw near to God. Brother and sister, draw near to God. God, draw us near to you, we pray. James 1, prayer amidst trials, part one. Consider it pure joys whenever you face trials of many kinds. You know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. So prayer amidst trial teaches us to grow in God's likeness, teaches us to trust in God's wisdom. That's where we see God's promise of wisdom. Prayer amidst trial teaches us to rely on God's resources. Prayer amidst trial teaches us to live for God's reward. Into that passage, blesses the man who remains steadfast under trial when he has stood the test he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. In James 5, prayer amidst trials, part two. If any of you suffering, let him pray. Cheerful, let him sing praise. If sick, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of, the fa- of faith will save the one who is sick. The Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another, you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man has great power and is working. Then James talks about Elijah in example. So James exhorts us, pray when you're hurting, pray when you're happy. Pray with the elders. We won't go into detail here, but people ask, is the oil here medicinal? Is the oil sacramental with special power? The answer is the oil is symbolic. It's common in scripture to see anointing that symbolizes setting apart someone or something for a particular purpose. So there are a variety of different interpretations that are possible here, but the picture is that the power of healing is not found in any oil, but in the God who answers prayer. The oil symbolizes the picture of setting someone apart as the elders pray for them for special attention and care from God. James teaches us to pray with the church, confess your sins to each other, pray for one another in this way, knowing sin directly causes some sickness, according to 1 Corinthians 11.30. Sin indirectly causes all sickness, meaning we have sickness in the world because sin exists in the world. So confess your sins to each other, intercede on behalf of each other, don't underestimate the effect of prayer in your life and others' lives. A.W. Pink said, the measure of our love for others can largely be determined by the frequency and earnestness of our prayers for them. Who do you love? Based on that statement. And all this, pray ultimately for the glory of God, with trust in God. I put a quote here from James Boyce, his longtime pastor of 10th Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia. After he was diagnosed with liver cancer, I think it's helpful. He said to his congregation, should you pray for a miracle? Well, you're free to do that, of course. My general impression is that the God who is able to do miracles, and he certainly can, is also able to keep you from getting the problem in the first place. 
So although miracles do happen, they're rare by definition. A miracle has to be an unusual thing. Above all, I would say pray for the glory of God. If you think of God glorifying himself in history and you say, where in all history is God most glorified himself? He did it at the cross of Jesus Christ. And it wasn't by delivering Jesus from the cross, though he could have. Jesus said, don't you think I can call down for my father 10 legions of angels for my defense? But he didn't do that. And yet that's where God is most glorified. God is in charge. When things like this come into our lives, they're not accidental. It's not as if God somehow forgot what was going on and something bad slipped by. God is not the only one. He's not only the one who is in charge. God is also good. Everything he does is good. If God does something in your life, would you change it? If you change it, you'd make it worse. It wouldn't be as good. He died eight weeks after sharing that with his congregation. We can trust in the goodness of God through prayer amidst trials. Number 120, 1 Peter 3, prayer, prayer and marriage. Peter basically says to husbands, honor your wife and God will hear your prayers, dishonor your wife, and that will hinder your prayers. Plain and simple, period. Then 1 Peter 5, prayer and anxiety. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Pray with humility, knowing that God is sovereign over you, believing, trusting that God is gracious to you. Pray with humility and pray with honesty for God bears your burdens as you lift them to him and God heals your hurts. God, we praise you for the privilege of casting all of our anxieties on you, knowing that you care for us. That leads to 1 John 5, praying with confidence and similar language to what we saw in the Gospel of John. This is the confidence we have toward him. If he asks anything according to his will, he hears us. We know that he hears us, and whatever we ask, we know that we have the request we've asked of him. So again, we ask according to God's will. As we do, God hears all of our words. We receive all we need to walk in his will and to experience eternal life. Eternal life, which leads us into Revelation. Powerful pictures of prayer we see there. The culmination, climax of the pursuit of God. Number 123, Revelation 6. Think about prayer in heaven, like right now. See this, when he opened the fifth seal, I saw to the altar, the souls of those who have been slain for the word of God, for the witness they'd borne. They cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then they were each given a white robe, told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete, who were to be killed as they themselves had been. Get the picture here. Believers, and specifically martyrs here, who have died right now are worshiping. They're worshiping. What are they doing? They're worshiping and they're watching. Believers who have died are watching. Like a great cloud of witnesses, Hebrews 12, 1. And believers who have died are waiting. The picture's powerful here. They are clearly conscious, audibly loud, emotionally passionate, distinctly individual, completely unified, continually interceding. They are thirsting for final justice, longing for full redemption, knowing God's character more deeply than they ever did, loving God's church more fully than they ever did. They are trusting in God's promises in the present and anticipating God's plan for the future. They know what's coming. Revelation 7, 9, and 10. A great multitude with people from all tribes, peoples, and languages worshiping God for salvation. So God, we praise you that those who have gone before us in faith, though they are absent from the body, they are present with you. Heather's mom and my dad and all the people we love who trusted in Christ are worshiping and watching and waiting and praying. So God, we join with a heavenly assembly right now in prayer to you in the anticipation of our reunion with them, our brothers and sisters, and particularly our brothers and sisters who have lost their lives in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, That's what we pray for. Look at Revelation 8. Pray for the end of the world. Listen to this. When the Lamb opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. Then I saw the seven angels who stand before God. Seven trumpets were given to them. Another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. The smoke of the incense 
Picture this, with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel, and the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, threw it on the earth, and there were peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and earthquake. Follow this. Revelation 8 just told us that the prayers of the saints are being stored in the heavenly places. They're all accumulating as incense at the altar of God. Every single prayer for the kingdom of God to come, every single prayer for the glory of God to be made known, not one of them is lost in transmission. Not one of them is ever uttered in vain. Every single one of them is fueling the fire of incense that one day, one day soon, will usher in the climax of all history and the consummation of God's kingdom. Here's the picture. Our cries go up. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our cries go up. His kingdom comes down. In Piper's words, what are the real master powers behind the world? What are the deeper secrets of our destiny? Here's the astonishing answer. The prayers of the saints and the fire of God. That means that more potent, more powerful than all the dark and mighty powers let loose in this world, more powerful than anything else is the power of prayer set ablaze by the fire of God and cast upon the earth. Oh, that leads to our last text. Number one, 25, Revelation 21 and 22, the culmination of all our prayers. So I'm going to try to summarize everything we've seen from the beginning of the Bible because the end brings it all together. Our purpose, we, you and I, have been created for a relationship with God. We saw this in Genesis 1, created in God's image. We saw this in Psalm 63, created to seek God with souls that thirst for God. We have been created to seek God. 1 Chronicles 16, seek the Lord in strength. Psalm 27, seek my face. We have, you and I, have been created to seek God, to know God. Let the wise man not boast in his wisdom. Let the, let the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. Let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me. This is life, eternal life. They may know you, the only true God. And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent, we've been created to enjoy God. Psalm 16, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. We've been created to worship God. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. I will sing praises to my God while I have being. We've been created to revere God. Let all the earth fear the Lord. We've been created to glorify God. Isaiah 43, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. And we have been created, you and I have been created to love God with all our heart, soul, might, strength, everything we have. So it makes sense then, doesn't it, that the culmination of the Bible is God, the one we've been created to know and enjoy and worship and love. God is reuniting himself perfectly to all who have sought and loved and trusted in him. That's what Revelation 21 is all about. But here's our problem that we've seen ever since Genesis 3. We've been separated from God by our sin. The effects are everywhere in us. The effects are everywhere around us. So we find ourselves, all who trusted in Jesus as Savior from sin, Lord of our lives, we find ourselves waiting, longing in the words of Romans 8 for glorification, longing to be restored fully and ultimately in the presence of God, free from sin, free from something. So what are our habits that mark our lives now? We pray the word continually. Like pray without ceasing. We P-R-A-Y. Worship God for who he is. Confess our sin to God. Acknowledge our need for Jesus. Intercede for specific needs in our lives, others' lives. Surrender our lives to following Jesus wherever, however he leads us. We pray God's word continually, converse with God continually. What else do we do? We fast from food regularly. We do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So we F-A-S-T, we focus on God, set, a time, set aside time where we abstain from food, substitute that time we would normally eat with prayer and study, and as we do, we taste and see that God is good, that he's better than the basic daily necessity of food. We pray God's word continually, we fast from food regularly, and we pursue God wholeheartedly. One thing I've asked of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon his beauty. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So as we pray, fast, and pursue God, our hope is clear. In Revelation 20, 21, one day we will be with God. 
The dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. No more mourning, crying, pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. We will be with God as priests in the temple, like a bride with a husband, like a wedding, Revelation 19. The marriage of the Lamb has come. We will be as children of a father. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, Jesus said. As children of a father and as heirs of a king. Matthew 25. Come you who are blessed by my father and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. We are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, Romans 8. We will be a kingdom of priests, Revelation 5.19. Listen to the language of Revelation 2.22.5. The Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. We will reign as heirs of a king and his kingdom and as participants in a banquet. The angel said to me, write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. This is our hope. One day we will be with God and we will behold God. Remember Exodus 33? The Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speak to his friend. Psalm 27, I asked for one thing, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. Job's hope, in my flesh I shall see God, myself. So when we get to Revelation 22.4, our hope becomes a reality. Five of the most beautiful words in all the Bible. Revelation 22.4, they will see his face. We will behold God and we will worship God. Revelation 19, Revelation 22, 3. No longer will there be anything accursed. The throne of the God of God and the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. We will gather for corporate worship. Oh, just read, meditate on, anticipate these scenes in Revelation 4 and 5. We will shout as we consider God's incomprehensible works. Revelation 11. There were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. We will sing as we behold God's incomparable worth. We'll sing loud, great and amazing your deeds, O Lord God, the Almighty. We will live in continual worship, doing all we do perfectly. We will serve God in the shelter of his presence, Revelation 7, 15. And catch this, we will be served by God. Listen to these words in Luke 12. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake. When he comes, truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service, have them recline at table, and he will come and serve them. That's why he came. Even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We will be served by God. As we've already seen, we will reign with God. Just as God gave us dominion in the beginning, Genesis 1:28, Daniel prophesies, the kingdom and the dominion, the greatest of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. Paul says in 2 Timothy, he's saying it's trustworthy. If we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. Revelation 3, the one who conquers, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. What a statement. The one who conquers, there's a reference to followers of Christ who persevere in faith. He will grant us to sit with him on his throne. We will reign with God and we will rest in God. Blessed indeed, they may rest from their labors, for their deeds follow them. Spurgeon said, well, to come to thee is to come home from exile, to come to land out of the raging storm, to come to rest after a long labor, to come to the goal of my desires and the summit of my wishes. Ah, one day, all of our praying and all of our fasting in pursuit of God will culminate in the goal of our salvation. Everlasting, uninterrupted, uninhibited, unimaginable, indescribable, all-satisfying communion with God. So our prayer from this day until that day is constant and clear. He who testifies to these things says, surely I am I'm coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Thank you for listening. You can find more episodes from Secret Church and thousands of other free resources at Radical.net.